I was thinking of you this morning while sipping my morning coffee. And you sit on the front porch, right, when you drink the coffee? And am I, have I become that predictable? Well, the front porch is in the shade it because is. your back porch f- faces the sunrise, and you don't you don't like to see the sun. I do love to see it, but my skin doesn't like to tolerate it. Okay, gotcha. So, good morning, everybody. Hi, <laughs> welcome to the Twenty Three Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. But yeah, I was I was thinking of you this morning. Uh, the little tree in our front yard, my daughter's discovered, has the tiniest little hummingbird nest I've ever seen and as of yesterday there is now a little hummingbird in it a baby hummingbird Uh, just a tiny 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 one and hummingbirds are small to begin with yeah do you know what species of hummingbird uh waterville (laughs) (laughs) there's really pretty much only one species of of hummingbird in ohio really yeah, ru- ruby-throated hummingbird. Okay, well, we're going to have to check its throat once it gets a little... I bet it's not the, ruby-colored as an... As probably a, not as an infant. Infant. Do we call a bird an infant? Baby. Baby? <laughs> Juvenile. Juvenile? Maybe that's the more scientific A term. little chick? A little chickadee? No, that's another type of bird. That's a different kind of bird, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's exciting. And the, the little... The nest itself usually looks like almost like a knot on the branch yeah, of a it, tree. It, it's exactly right. It's like you saw, were you at my house this morning? No, oh. I've never actually seen a, a, a hummingbird nest, but I, I've, I read. Remember that? I read. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it does. It looks kind of, it w- kind of does. You're right. It just kind of blends right into the branch. I, if I didn't know what I was looking for, I would totally miss it. And the cool thing is my kids found it. That's, that is great. Yeah. So you're going to learn from your kids. I do every day. And speaking of learning from kids, we're learning from each other and we're learning le- learning from the great prophets and we're learning from is this the scriptures that's my uh segue today that was quite the segue that it's not my smoothest but i have to start today with with the first words of the first reading so people are going to come to church on sunday uh, feeling good about everything and the first lecture stands up and reads from jeremiah and the opening line is you get to say it you duped me, O oh Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. So, okay. I feel like I need to provide music underneath that. You duped me. Uh, I love that that we're duped. Something in a minor key. I was meeting, I met with a an engaged couple last night. And they're getting married in a minor key? Well, we were going through different mass settings that, you know, I always give options for all the different mass parts. Yeah, and by the way, you met with them uh, by by way of uh, FaceTime or sc- yeah, Skype Yeah, so I've or been something. video conferencing with everybody. Yeah. So I, I've been sitting at my piano either here at church or at home, and uh, they're sitting generally in their living room. But anyway, it was really funny because I was playing a couple of different options for them and one mass setting is set in a minor key and another one is set in a major key and the groom who is kind of musically uh, knowledgeable said well I don't think we we want to be speaking in a minor key during our wedding day it just said sounds too sad so it became this whole joke of we're having a major key wedding <laughs> <laughs> a ma- or then pretty soon you leave out the word key we have a major wedding it's a major <laughs> wedding but not during COVID-19 but the opening of Jeremiah this week this is definitely a minor yeah. Minor key reading. But I, I, well, first of all, Jeremiah really knew how to complain about his job. Yeah. He complained about being a prophet. And he's basically saying, God, you're the one who got me into this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it. That's how I feel about you most days. 
No, I'm just that I got you into this? Yeah, it's true. You uh, called you, me. You duped me, Father Herb, but I, I, let, I let myself be duped. I did not call you. You called me. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, actually, I, I did. I started the chain. I, you I did. texted you. or e- oh, I didn't it was an email. text in those days. Yeah. I emailed you 15 years ago. Yeah, but, you know, it was love at first sight. Right. Let's do the gospel. All the, right. the gospel is chapter 16. Last week's gospel was chapter 16, verses to 13 to 20. And today and this is chapter 16, verses 21 to 27. A direct continuation. And last week, uh, Peter was the, the number one student. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. High fives all around. Everybody was excited. He That's got what, he got it right. That explains why there's still people sitting in the church from the 11 o'clock mass on Sunday. They want to hear the rest of the story. They want to hear the rest of the story. They're just going to Well, guess what? Till... It only goes downhill from there. Yeah, poor Peter. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. Now, that's a code word. You hear the Jerusalem, that always means the crucifixion and death. That he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. So he added that part. They didn't hear that. (laughs) Then Peter took Jesus aside, because he's a little cocky now, because he got it right just a few minutes ago. This is really the gospel with uh, narration vibe. Well, this is the com- I'm giving you the commentary. These these little uh, side statements are in italics. Okay. <laughs> Keep okay. going. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, no, no such thing shall ever happen to you. So he just said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It didn't make sense. Oh, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go suffer and be crucified. I'm gonna, they're going to put me to death. The, the two uh, you can understand why Peter did not want to go along with this. It was, it was like he, he had trouble believing this about Jesus, but it also messed up his own mindset because the, his mindset was, we have found the Christ. Yeah, in his mind, the two things did not line up. That's correct. So Jesus turned and said to Peter, and this is the great line, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And you're going to pick up that line real quickly. I know you are. So let me finish the gospel first. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. Wow. Is that cool or is that cool? But did you notice the words? Jesus said, whoever comes after me must deny himself. Think of the word deny. Mm -hmm. And whoever wishes to save his life must lose it. But whoever loses his life will find it. It's like all these verbs put on top of each other. It's almost like a riddle, mm-hmm. but it's one of those you you just want to kind of think about it. You you go walking on the trail in the woods by yourself, thinking, "What does it mean to deny myself? What does it mean to lose my life and find it?" Yeah, I was going to say though, it's very similar to what we had said in the in the beginning. Is that in in um, it, these things don't line up, right? It doesn't make sense the way that what Jesus is saying 
was was probably shocking to them because these these verbs or these phrases don't generally go together right but jesus is basically i think he's not contradicting what we had last week he's spelling it out like if you ever write a, a, a term paper you start with a thesis statement and then you spend the next you know 2000 words spelling it out point by point yeah so his the thesis statement yes i am the christ i am the one that the father has revealed to you uh, not by flesh and blood but by the inspiration of the spirit mm-hmm. and and the way i become the christ the way i become the savior of the world is through death denying myself but by the way, if you want to follow me, you have to do the same thing. You know, it's it's a great reminder that just because we think we know what Jesus is saying, or we might think we know what the plan is, it doesn't mean that the steps to get there are always the steps that we think are going to be the ones that make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that series. A lot of people are watching it and talking about it. It's... it's um, the Chosen? The Chosen, yeah. And it's available. I, I think you can find it on YouTube or something. But it's an, actually an app you can download. So if you go to the... Oh, I do, I do have the app, and I can download it. Yeah. Uh, and I did I do that. But the reality is I also have the DVD. Oh, you got the DVDs? I didn't know they had them on DVD. Oh, you had to pay for those. Surely. I'm too cheap. I just watched it on... Well, app. actually, I didn't have to pay it. My my niece gave it to me. Oh, that was nice. And but the the whole thing there, it's a really when it's called the chosen, it's not just about Jesus, it's a lot about the disciples. The whole concept of learning to follow Jesus and they're trying to explore what this is all about. Mm. And I think that's why people are drawn to it. It's it's a lot of backstory. And obviously it's it's fiction in a, in that sense because it's things we don't know. Sure. But it's a lot of backstory of what's going on when the disciples talk to each other, you know, what are they figuring out who Jesus is? And they're just, after five episodes, they're just starting to f- understand that they're following the right person. Yeah. That would be fun to be able to, to write that. It almost reminds me a little bit of, you know, you always talk about in all the time you have when you retire, you're going to write the part two. Of- yeah. The rest of these stories. Well, yeah. they've, they've done it pretty good. Uh, last week I watched episode five. I tried to space it out so I can, I don't, I never binge watch anything because I like to savor a moment. Except NCIS. And no, I don't even binge watch oh, NCIS. Okay. <laughs> uh, besides, that's not something to savor anyway. Uh, that's true. That's that's kind of like uh, throwaway. Okay. But I, uh, I won't tell the creators. The, I, I watched the one that was uh, about the wedding at Cana, hmm. and the backstory about the, the the bride and groom, and all that the mother of the groom was going through and she was the one that was a friend to Mary and it was just really interesting because now you can visualize it uh, and it was the exact same story as in the Bible but more enfleshed sure you know I I know we watched the first episode and then I I don't think I forgot about it I just never got back to watching more I will make a point of of getting back to watch a a couple more though because that does enticing I do remember the first episode when you finally see Jesus for the first time, um, it was a pretty cool experience the way that they like revealed him yeah, um, and the way the story was unfolding. So meanwhile, back here, what is Jesus really demanding of us? And I said that you would come back to this thing. Yeah, you are what, thinking not as God does, 
but as humans do. What did, I wasn't thinking anything there. But what what was Be, because you've done that before. There have been a few times when you and I have been discussing, probably on this podcast. Yeah. When you say, "Oh yeah, humans always look this way, and God has a whole different way of doing it." Oh, I do so, say that. Yes, you yeah. do say that a lot. That's yeah. why I think about you every so often. That's kind uh, of you. Once in a while. Well, what I was thinking was, how could we possibly think as God does because we are not God? Right? We don't have the capability. So the best we can do is try to listen to God and really discern that it is God and not just our own fabric of our own imagination. Correct. And I think a lot of times we put, we put, we make God say what we want God to say to us, whether God actually says that to us or not. Well, I find we, that we manipulate God is what I'm saying. I do find it very frustrating that, you know, in the world you could have two people that say, you know, God told me to do this and they could be two completely opposing things. Um, and then you sit, you stand there and put your hands in the air and say, well, how do we know? How do we know? Yeah. Well, that, that's the, the whole thing with, uh, armies you know going into battle you know god is on our side both sides say that right well god yeah because well or the super bowl on a much lighter (laughs) those are those are also not (laughs) too equal god really cares who wins the super bowl well this year probably not because we may not have one who knows i don't know um no i don't think god cares who wins the super bowl god loves everyone yeah he wants humans to win but but the the strange thing here is the pain the suffering. We don't like suffering. Uh, I think we get caught up on this thing. Um, sometimes, you know, it's very popular with the athletes, you know, no pain, no gain. Yeah. Uh, I remember this young man, uh, I saw him running up and down this hill. This was down at uh, Mohican, mm-hmm. uh, near the Mohican Park, but it was a hill. And he was a young guy, probably high school age, football team trying to be as fit as he could be. Mm -hmm. He'd run up this hill and then come back down and run back up. And then I think he even ran up backwards because he was trying to build up the muscles in his legs. Wow. Yeah, it was a wow. It wasn't me. Let's just clarify. You're not talking about me. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, And so we have this thing about, okay, it's suffer, but uh, suffer, but you're, you're really doing it for some purpose. I don't know that that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's, he's not no pain, no gain. He's talking about, nor is he on the other end just saying, you know, let's all be masochists and be miserable. I don't think he's talking about that either. No. I think he's talking about the way through something is total love. And the death is total love. It's commitment. That's why it really matters that Jesus died on the cross. He held back nothing. He didn't just say, I'll love you all my life, and then I'll die in bed. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll say, I, I'm willing to place myself and give up my life so that you can live. I think what can be hardest to to deal with, though, is that not all suffering is equal. So what you or I, you or me, you or Michael or Father Herb may call suffering could not be suffering to somebody on the other side of the world. You know, so... For example, you know, people are saying, you know, staying at home for the quarantine, you know, that was one of the hardest things that they ever had to do. We're staying at home with access to food and clean water and NCIS and The Chosen and all of these things. Uh, Whereas I was just reading an article 
the other day about young mothers, I believe in the Philippines, and it showed um, a picture of this young woman. I think she was like 16 or 17 with her baby, and she lived on a bamboo raft in the middle of a polluted river tied to a cement stake. Like that was that was her her entire dwelling, if yeah. you would even want to call it that. I think it had a tarp over the top of it. So not all suffering is created equal, you know. And so I think sometimes I have a hard time even trying to voice what I would consider to be suffering in my life because I know compared to many, it doesn't even equate whatsoever. This is slightly an aside, but you you um, touched upon it. The last mailing I received from Catholic Relief Services, and I really do support them uh, verbally but also monetarily um, because they do wonderful things around the world. But they, they sent, um, oh, maybe it was a, like a 8, 12-page brochure mm-hmm. about the, the results of COVID around the world in underdeveloped countries, mm. and especially because it's affecting uh, hunger. Sure. Uh, there's poverty to begin with, and there's often famine, but everything's getting worse. And so you just look at that. Same thing you said. Uh, we think we have it hard. You know, we have to wear masks. Big deal. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, we're talking about something far more. It's just a question of, am I going to survive or not? And how do I feed my kids? Well, I remember years ago uh, watching the, the people, I think, I think it was in Africa at the time, watching these families uh, where they might walk an entire day to bring the sick person to the clinic mm. and maybe will or will not get treatment, but they'd have to walk the, with a sick person all day to get there. You know, what I, I feel is though that God still embraces us and meets us where we are in our suffering. You know, it, even in this gospel reading, it says, you know, to, to deny yourself and to take up your cross. Not all crosses look equal or not all crosses are equal. Um, but God meets us in the moment to help us carry that cross, whatever it may be. Because even if our suffering is not maybe as um, physically demanding as someone else's may be, uh, it's still it's still affecting us and weighing us in a way that God still wants to be there. But, but see, sometimes people are able to take the suffering and just make it part of their life so it almost no longer seems like suffering. They're just willing to accept it. Sure. I remember my mother before she died, she did a lot of reminiscing about her life. And she was born in 1907, got married three months, two months, yeah, three months before the stock market crash of 1929. Mm. And... Uh, at the end of her life, she said, oh, I had it very good. You know, so mm-hmm. she raised a family. She was raising family during the Great Depression, saw her brother go off to uh, uh, World War I. She, she lived through various wars, uh, lots of struggle with lots of things, including my father's uh, deafness. Yeah. And yet, at, at the end, she just looked at it and said, my life was very good. But I, because I think she just took it in stride that that is part of life. And we sort of want to exempt ourselves. And maybe Jesus is saying, Peter, you're trying to exempt, you're trying to have the glory without the steps to the glory. Hmm. It's, they're not opposites. It's the passage right. And I, we have to go through that to get there. 
before we run out of time too, I don't want to miss this. The Psalm for this weekend is one of my favorite responses. My soul is thirsting for you. O Lord, my God, you're going to sing it for me right now. Sure. What, I, I, uh, what one are we going to do? I, it's planned, but I haven't looked at it yet. Father. So okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what it sounds like off okay. the, off my the top of my is, head. But the idea my soul is thirsting. What a beautiful phrase. Sure. It's, it's this, you know, have you ever been really thirsty? Sure. Like where you're just so parched, you have to have water. Water. Yeah. Do we ever truly feel that way about God? That we're so thirsty. We're so um, in need of the the satisfaction that he gives us that. We well, would... yeah. If I can, I remember climbing this mountain in um, in Mexico. Uh, there's a there was a pyramid at the top of the mountain, so I went up there and long trail, yeah. long story. But anyway, coming back at the base, there was a little cantina that had soft drinks mm-hmm. and beer mm-hmm. ex- at exorbitant prices. If you walked another hundred paces or so, it was much less <laughs> that offered the same thing. What a business! Oh yeah, because they knew people. You'd come down on a hot day, and of course it was uh, it was hot. Sure. And you'd come down, and you're just so thirsty you couldn't resist it. Yeah. So the the, the quick fix versus being willing to walk a little bit farther. Sure. And lastly, too, I think you could you could spend a good hour just meditating on the second reading from this weekend from Romans. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. That's good. That's good. Don't you think? We've talked about a lot. We got all three readings in today, plus the psalm. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to go look at the psalm now, so the next time you ask me about it, I can sing it for you. Okay, good. Hey, everybody, don't forget, we, uh, we wrapped up the summer mini-retreats this week, and uh, I'm doing one called Closing Time, so you can find that over at 23.church. And in fact, you can find all the mini-retreats from the entire summer. It's kind of fun seeing all six there now. We reached the end of the race. That's another. I'm really mixing images. You're, yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you this weekend at Mass. Don't forget, in case you missed it last weekend, we have different Mass times on Sunday. Saturday at 5, Sunday at 9 and 11. We'll see you. Bye.